The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc and Spencer the Wizard. Today's show is going to highlight the American Academy of Prolotherapy, the International Conference that just was complete in Naples, Florida, in addition to the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine, and this was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I'll be highlighting some of the advances in bioregenerative medicine in addition to orthopedic care. To start out, we're going to begin with a breakdown of the NHL playoffs. We're going to be focusing on the recently complete playoff series between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers. What's up, America and the world? I'm Spencer the Wizard Grossinger, and uh, we just had a great week in uh, in sports, and I'm the, I'm the sports director here at this show. I'm also the guest host of the show, so my dad, he'll take care of the medicine, I'll take care of the sports, and, um, and that's how we're going to be rolling things around here. That's how we're going to be chopping up the work. Um, great day today, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins. I was fortunate enough to go down with my guest host himself, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and me, Spencer the Wizard. We trucked down to the Wells Fargo Center today, and we had a very nice stay there for those three hours that we enjoyed watching the hockey game. We just came from watching Game 6 of the uh, Penguins and Flyers series. The Flyers got off to a 3-0 lead in this series, surprisingly coming back um, in Game 1 from a 3-goal deficit, and then coming back in Game in game 2 from a 2-goal deficit, and then in Game 3, they just pounded Pittsburgh 8-4. to Pittsburgh then in Game 5, um, or Game 4, excuse me, skated by elimination and uh, didn't get swept as they actually won 10-3 to in a very surprising game at the Wells Fargo Center where Pittsburgh showed some life. Then they went back to uh, the Energy Solutions Arena in downtown Pittsburgh and handled their business at home 3-2, to forcing today a pivotal Game 6 at the Wells Fargo Center. The Flyers needed to win this to avoid making history as another team to give up a 3-0 lead and lose a seven-game series. So today they had their chance to close out the Pens, and that they did, winning 4-2. Actually, 5-1, the game score, but 4-2 in the series. And they really got off today by um, 
Uh, you know, Brizgalov outplayed Flurry today as Flurry let in a couple soft goals. Um, one goal, Scott Hartnell got a loose puck from under the glove of Flurry and pushed Flurry and the puck into the net. Um, one shot, uh, a flyer defenseman shot from the blue line, and it went through the goal. Um, and what whatever oh yeah Claude Giroux had one today he um it was actually in the first minute of the game Claude Giroux the first shift of the game got it got it got the face off went into the Pittsburgh zone shot it and he scores and he scored the goal so um you know that was that was went on today and um you know it's it's been pretty exciting here um you know these these uh these this this hockey has been been very exciting so uh you know pass it back to Bruce the sports doc and you know try to get a form going on some other things well going around the league we could uh we could talk about a uh a real epic game between the LA Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder this was punctuated by a really vigorous and aggressive elbow to the head of James Harden. Watching on TV, he went down and it appeared that he lost consciousness for a brief amount of time. And my preliminary diagnosis from watching it on TV would be that it looks like Mr. Harden suffered a concussion. And appropriately, World Mecca Peace, World Peace Mecca, Meta, Meta, Meta World Peace. Exactly. Uh, his new name, of course, for Rod Artest, was uh, appropriately ejected. It was called a flagrant foul. And when that means, there's an automatic ejection associated with that. So we're going to have to see uh, if Harden can come back and whether there's going to be concussion protocol, whether there's any associated neck injury. So that game itself was punctuated by uh, many comebacks. And I know that Spencer the Wizard watched the game intently. What are your thoughts on the Lakers Thunder game? Well, you know the the playoff run our test. Uh, it, it looked like he scored a dunk, and he was you know he was pretty excited about it. But then it looked like he really swung his elbow back, and the timing of that it just didn't look like a maneuver that is a common maneuver. It looked like. He he intended to hurt somebody with that elbow. It, you know, people don't usually swing their elbows that much, even when they're running in stride. So that play today was very unfortunate. And Kevin Durant put it best. He said that's not a basketball play. And you know, Metarol piece, I give him credit. It seems like he's matured over the last couple of years. It didn't seem like he was the old guy from Indiana that re- that we know from running into the bleachers. Um, and fighting with the Detroit fans at the Palace of Auburn Hills or the Sacramento Kings around our test. Um, he's actually been doing a lot of charity work and, you know, I think he's really matured and, uh, you know, it was a, the incident today was, um, was a shame. And, you know, the Thunder missed the, really the X factor on their team, James Harden, because Harden comes off the bench and he averages like 17 points a game. He's kind of like the Manu Ginobili for that team. And he can just go crazy on some nights. He has a great shot from the outside and a great feel for the game. So today, that put even more stress on the two stars of that team, which are Russell Westbrook and Durant. And today, I think they combined to go 4 for, um No, that wait, that can't be right. They went. They actually went 10 for 45 shooting the basketball today. Durant went like 10 for 30. And Westbrook 
just had a dismal shooting day. He went three for 21 from the field today. So I was impressed that the Thunder were were even able to get to two overtimes with that kind of shooting performance from their two stars. Their defense on the Lakers was very good most of the game, and they had a 17-point lead going into the fourth, and they just didn't hit enough shots to win the game. And you got to give Kobe Bryant credit because when the game is in reach and this man has an opportunity to close out the game, he's going to do it. And whenever you see Kobe Bryant and you see he has the ball in crunch time and he puts up a three, even if it's a, even if it looks like it's not a high percentage shot for Kobe, it is. And most of the time it's going to go in. And again, after again, you're going to shake your head and go that how, how clutch can this guy be? Whenever the game's on the line, the guy always takes the shot and it, and it, most of the time it seems that he happens to make the shot. And, you know, very few people, you know, on the planet can, can do that with a basketball. And Kobe Bryant is very special. And even as he's matured in age and gotten up into maybe, you know, I think he's still in his prime right now, but he's still, but the guy's in his mid 30s and he's still going very strong. So Kobe Bryant with five NBA championships, um, is is just I think he's the best player in the game still and he he's probably the closest thing to Jordan I've ever seen. So his shots today were were key for the Lakers and um the Thunder had two chances to win it in in regulation and in the first overtime Durant took a contested three which he backed up and uh and shot a three and missed and then Westbrook took another contested three. So if I were the Thunder I would have tried to maybe get something to the hoop and maybe try to set up a play like a drive and tried to get fouled and get free throws instead of just settling for jumpers even though Durant and Westbrook are both capable of hitting them. Well Talking about Kobe Bryant, it gives us a little segue to talk about platelet-rich plasma injections. Kobe is one of the big proponents of this procedure. What that involved was his own blood being drawn, uh, essentially a centrifuge, which which basically sorted out different components of his blood, and there was platelets in association with growth factors. They were ejected into his knee, and he had an excellent response, and so Kobe's really been talking it up. In fact, he talked to A-Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez from the uh, New York Yankees. Now, the interesting thing about the FDA, the, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, is that they regulate drugs, and if blood or any products are drawn from a patient and are, are not manipulated or minimally manipulated, that this allows to not be considered a drug. So A-Rod, he basically had his cells drawn in Germany. And from my understanding, there's a company there that actually cultures the cells and grows them and then re-injects them. And that might be a little more potent as far as the properties of treating pain and range of motion for A-Rod. He had a very nice response. And he's been hitting home runs. Kobe's back on the court. And uh, later in in one of our latter two segments, we'll be... uh, Focusing in on that. So this concludes a very quick first segment. When we get to segment two, we're going to be talking a little bit about Major League Baseball. Getting out of the spring training and and to the games that count. A long marathon. So you got three minutes to do your business. 
Get a snack. Do your tweets. We'll be back in three. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next edition of Bruce the Sports Doc and Spencer the Wizard in Wiz City. And this segment will be highlighting the initial portion. We've just completed the month of April. And with respect to the MLB standings, there's some surprises. If we look at the East, it looks like in the NL, if you look at it, it looks like it's upside down when compared to last year. In first place, you've got the Washington Nationals, led by their fireballing pitcher, Steve Strasburg, who came back from Tommy John surgery. Three out of the four pitchers are throwing in the mid-90s, and their record is 12-4. and four. What are your thoughts on the Nationals at this early point in the season? Well, the Nationals playing a big uh, ballpark uh, there in Washington, and uh, Strasburg, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, that kid is just... Uh, He's extraordinary. I mean, how he could throw his fastball up to 98 miles per hour over a span of around seven innings. That's just, that's just unbelievable stamina. And his form is just, is really great. And, uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, I think the guy has a load of potential and could be a Cy Young winner down the road. And this year he's already pitching like a Cy Young winner. So pitching is really the key for the Nationals this year. And they're playing great small ball and great defense in their big in their big ballpark. 
Well, many of the uh, the experts and the pundits picked picked Washington to go far, and sure enough, they got out of the pack. Looking at our hometown, Philadelphia Phillies, we see the two big glaring holes, and that would be Chase Utley and Ryan Howard. I'll give you a medical update. Chase Utley suffers from a chronic degenerative condition, which is called chondromalacia patella. Earlier this year when he did his last interview, which was about two and a half weeks ago, he denied that this was a chronic situation. But unfortunately, he hasn't played any games so far. It's it's somewhat of a mystery as to what kind of treatment he's getting and when, if ever, he will return. So certainly uh, in second base, they have Freddie Galvis, who is a rookie and who's, uh, at least from a fielding standpoint, filling in well and also hitting a lot of singles and bringing energy to the team, one of the few people doing that. Also, Ryan Howard, as you know, tore his Achilles on the last swing uh, during the loss of Game 5 of to St. Louis last year. And an Achilles tear, as we talked about earlier in another show, is a really devastating injury. One of the, the longest recoveries of any sports injury, and that's due to the poor blood supply of the Achilles tendon. And it usually takes about a year for a player to really regain their strength in the calf and certainly to be able to run properly. So Ryan Howard was making some slow progress. He had a setback earlier, about a month ago, where he had an infection in the uh, the ankle, which didn't compromise the Achilles. However, did set it back, and now there, he's out indefinitely, and there's no timetable for return. And if you're looking at some of the people filling in uh, in the infield. You've got Ty Wigington. You've got Jim Tomei. And they're just uh, they're just not hitting. They're not even hitting their weight. You look at other players of the Phillies. Placido Polanco looks like he is uh, he might be at the uh, the end of his career. He's been plagued by a host of different injuries, and he's had many surgeries, and he's just not able to drive the ball. So it's really sad. Uh, when, when you look at him, Hunter Pence has been playing well. Victorino, here and there. Jimmy Rollins, hitting with no power at all. Also hitting for low average. So you look at the Phillies, and even lately, Roy Halladay, their big horse, lost 5-1 to one against the San Diego Padres. Cole Hamels has been pitching well. We look at the bullpen, certainly in their, uh, the, their middle relief has been a little bit shaky. But, you know, you look at their team, and they're in the cellar right now, 7-9, and nine, tied with Miami. And you look at Atlanta and Washington in the NL East. No surprise, the New York Yankees are, uh, are leading the American League East, 9-6. and six. Boston with new manager Bobby Valentine. A lot of dissension. They're 4-10. They're in the cellar. And earlier in the week, there was a big blowout between Kevin Euclid and Bobby Valentine, where Bobby, Bobby Valentine just basically said that Euclid didn't bring the same energy, uh, insinuated he wasn't trying his heart. And a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the Red Sox came to his defense and said that Bobby has to learn how we do things around here, and you just don't come out and call out a player like him. But Euclid also, much like Polanco, um, is a guy who's been banged up. He's, he's certainly uh, in his mid-30s. He's a gamer. But it looks like his bat speed is down. 
He's not driving the ball either. And the Red Sox remain in the cellar. I know that Bobby Valentine has a way of alienating his players. Certainly with, in the, with New York when he was the manager of the New York Mets, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of rifts within the team. He was not popular. And Bobby Valentine was, I think, a very good announcer, a good analyst, and he seemed to have a lot of charisma. But now we're seeing the same old patterns in Boston where Bobby Valentine is uh, kind of taking an elitist stand against the players, and uh, he's creating a division. And if you look at it, 4-10 and is just not going to cut it in Boston. Breezing through, you know, we're not going to hit every team, but certainly uh, the Dodgers are getting off well, 12-4. and four. San Diego plays at a very big ballpark, weak hitting team. No surprise they're in the cellar. We saw some uh, San Francisco against Phillies. Uh, the, the best matchup was Matt Cain against Cliff Lee. Really a very um, stellar performance where Matt Cain pitched nine scoreless innings, Cliff Lee pitched 10 scoreless innings. And unfortunately, the anemic hitting of the Phillies, even after Matt Cain left the game, was responsible for the Phillies dropping that one. Looking at the Central Division, St. Louis without Albert Pujols, many are predicting them to be the big winner. And sure enough, they've, they've pulled out to a lead. They're 11-5 in the cellar, the old Chicago Cubs. And even... The Cubs are, are beating the Houston Astros to the bottom. Going across to the East, uh, actually, I'm sorry, going to the American League, Texas has gotten off to a, a good start, 13-3, Detroit 10-6. And, and looking at some of the uh, usual suspects, the, uh, the LA Angels are in the basement, 6-10 along with Seattle and Oakland, and Kansas City getting off to a very poor start, a winning percentage of .200, 3-12. So as we head into the uh, the meat of the, the season here in the MLB, we'll be talking about different injuries. Certainly uh, Cliff Lee just uh, stranded oblique, and he will be out for at least 50 days. They placed him on the disabled list. So after that 10-inning performance, apparently at the very end, Cliff Lee uh, strained an oblique, and an oblique muscle is located in the back area, and it really uh, comes around. And when, when, when one pitches, they, it, it's a twisting motion, and the lats and the obliques come into play. And the oblique could be a tricky injury, and there's really a variable time frame for recovery of an oblique injury. So we're going to... Keep an eye on Cliff Lee. He's one of the three horsemen for the Phillies. Certainly Cole Hamels and Roy Holiday. And the uh, the Vancinator, Vance Worley, just had a nice performance. And uh, we'll just keep an eye on, on the Phillies and the rest of the MLB. In the last portion of this segment, Spencer is going to talk about uh, his view of uh, some of the teams. So in the American League Central, I definitely see the Detroit Tigers and their hitting as the most superior team in this division. With the addition of Prince Fielder at first base 
and Justin Verlander, who is my pick again to win the Cy Young Award. You know, this team looks pretty unstoppable. And Miguel Cabrera is probably the best right-handed bat in the American League. He's probably right now the candidate for the American League MVP. So this Detroit Tiger team at 10-6, and six, I even think they could be better than that. They dropped some close games. But this team is definitely the outright favor to win the Central Division. I look at the West, and I'm just very intrigued, actually, to see the Los Angeles Angels at 6-10. and 10 Because, you know, with the addition of, of a um, clear-cut Hall of Famer in Albert Pujols, who's probably the best player of this decade... Um, you know, one of the most talented baseball hitters of all time, you know, with the addition of him, you know, I, I thought that, you know, Los Angeles would be better. I also fought with CJ Wilson, who's a talented left-handed pitcher from the Rangers. I thought that they wouldn't be this far in the cellar of the division in the West, but there's still a lot of baseball to be played. Um, I see Los Angeles actually contending for a wild card because Texas is just fully loaded with Cruz, Hamilton, Michael Young, you mean the list goes the list goes on on and on. Adrian Beltre at third base, um, you know th- this Texas team. They even have people in the um, they even have a great farm system too. So this team with Nolan Ryan that he has assembled is going to be a team to reckon with for many for many years to come. And right now they're just off to a scorching start at thirteen and three. So I think the Angels are not going to catch Texas. I think Texas will hold them off, but I do see Los Angeles getting into the playoffs when it's all set and done in September for a wild card spot. Um and then just scanning through the Central League, I didn't expect St. Louis to be the, to be as potent, you know, as they're starting off. Um, you know, David Fries from last year, we all remember his heroics. He's off to a great start and they do have some veteran pitchers on that team that are very good. They have um Kyle Loesch who's a veteran, they have Chris Carpenter, and then Adam Wainwright, before getting hurt last year, was a 14-game winner, and a Cy Young, um, I think he won the Cy Young, or he was a very large contender in 2000, the 2009 season, so, you know, St. Louis is up there, Chicago um, is not getting it done at 4-12, and and, you know, right now their fan base is you know, pretty um, eager and not very happy with the start that they're having in Chicago. Um, so they really got to come on. And um, I, I think that they can get to set. I think they can compete with Milwaukee for second place in that division. Um, San Francisco has a great pitching staff. I expect them to, you know, pull together a little bit. And Arizona had a very successful season last year, winning the um, winning the West. So, um but right now the Dodgers, they have the best player in all of baseball in Matt Kemp. And his offseason resume was unbelievable how he'd run upstairs in a football stadium uh, every day. So Matt Kemp is just on another planet right now from the league. And that's and that's why LA's at the top. Well, right now we have reached the end of um, of segment two of the um, of Bruce the Sports Doc in Wiz um, City. And... Um, we're going to be talking more about some sports injuries coming up on the next segment. So um, right now, relax. Maybe go get some uh, Orbitz gum. And uh, we'll be right back in three. Don't go anywhere. This segment was brought to you by Orbitz gum.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life. From Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Wanted to thank Spencer the Wizard for his contribution to the first two segments today. Firstly, dealing with NHL, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the second segment, dealing with Major League Baseball, and a little bit of an around the league. Now, it's time to get back to the exciting field of regenerative medicine. We're going to get into the background theory and protocols as recently discussed at the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine. This was a fascinating conference that was held in Naples, Florida. And we give a shout out to the, uh, the Naples Beach and Golf Resort for hosting a wonderful conference. We want to introduce the listening audience to the field of regenerative medicine. And I believe, as a pain doctor and a sports doctor, what you'll see is you're going to be seeing the field of prolotherapy and understanding the the theories of tissue healing and regeneration, many of which are emerging experimental and unproven, but some of which, including our historic glucose prolotherapy with hypertonic glucose solutions, have clearly been shown in numerous research protocols. PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, is a type of prolotherapy that we'll talk about. And then 
a new emerging form of, of therapy has to deal with uh, grafting of fat and bone marrow in order to harvest, when we say harvest, it means to essentially transplant mesenchymal stromal cells, which are found densely in fat and bone marrow, and essentially replaced as allografts in damaged tissue sites. I want to be very clear that any talk about that is in its infancy. Certainly there are some small anecdotal reports of excellent results, but the FDA is very strict in that it precludes doctors in the United States from manipulating or culturing any stem cells or similar uh, similar materials. When we're talking, we're not at all talking about the, the embryonic stem cells, which is a very hot issue politically and via regulation. We're talking about uh, we're talking about theories here and very interesting theories, and we're going to watch them closely. The real godfather of fat is Robert Alexander, MD, DMD, who hails from the fight state of Montana and who's been doing fat harvesting and fat grafting for over 30 years. So I had, it was a real pleasure having the chance to attend lectures, seminars, and demonstrations by Dr. Alexander, and also a very impressive lady, Donna Alderman Dio, who hails from the the very funky state of California, also with fine lectures, very discreet methods, and also some seminars. So we're going to be talking here in this segment about what is regenerative medicine. The real cornerstone of regenerative medicine deals with prolotherapy. Prolotherapy, as defined in Webster's Dictionary, is the rehabilitation of an incompetent structure, such as a ligament or tendon, by the induction of proliferation of new cells. So therefore, most prolotherapy involves the injection of a solution at the point where the bone interfaces with the ligaments and tenderness, I mean ligaments and tendons, and where they attach to the bone. So the classic injection point is on bone in the teaching, in the seminars, and in the lectures, and, and also the, obviously the demonstration, is to eject the needle right to the bone, but to have a very intimate and thorough knowledge of neuroanatomy. The history of prolotherapy goes all the way back to the 5th century BC by Hippocrates himself. He would treat unstable joints by cauterizing the ligaments with a hot metal rod. As we move into the 1900s, there is Dr. Gedney, who expanded the technique by injecting the collateral ligaments of unstable knees and found these treatments to be successful. And this evolved through the 1900s to the point where there was injection of sodium salicylate, which is a mixture of fatty acids, and this was used in dental medicine. And the originator of modern-day 
prolotherapy is Dr. Hackett. The Hackett-Hemwell prolotherapy is typically given every three to six weeks to proliferate the inflammatory cascade. And that is, putting it in English, if there is a loose tendon or a weak joint, weak ligament, the purpose of prolotherapy is to actually create an inflammation. What that does is it basically acts as a call to arms, as a signal for the body to begin local healing of that area. So there are different types of prolotherapy. So prolotherapy involves injecting materials, solutions into a patient. The classic is the Hackett-Hemwell prolotherapy, which involves dextrose, which is a sugar solution, and it hypertonic means that it's a high concentration of sugar between 12.5 to 25%. The injections are given to in and around the painful or injured areas, and classically on the bone at the interface between the ligaments and tendons. So you've heard, if you've heard my show, then you've heard about platelet-rich plasma injections. We offer platelet-rich plasma injections to selected patients at Grossinger Neuropaid Specialists. PRP involves the injection of concentrated platelets, which are taken directly from the patient, spun down, and immediately re-injected into the areas of tissue damage. The average platelet count is 250,000 platelets per deciliter. However, when we concentrate the platelets, we expect at least four times, or one million platelets per DL, which is considered the benchmark for therapeutic PRP. The newest and most unproven, although potentially the most exciting treatment, involves using adipose tissue or bone marrow. At this point, Grossinger paid specialist hasn't yet evolved to using this type of prolotherapy. However, some of the giants of this prolotherapy include Robert Alexander, MD, who's been doing this for 30 years, Dr. Joseph Perita, who practices in Miami, Florida, who is known for treating Bartolo Colon, the the ageless pitcher in the MLB, and who's responsible for rejuvenating Mr. Colon's career. Donna Alderston in California has clinics in Los Angeles and San Francisco, and she's been reporting and writing articles on her clinical practice, and we're certainly following her very closely. As many of the prolotherapy practices are evolving to use PRP, and some to even use adipose or bone marrow therapy. The theory, and again I say theory, is that there's a high concentration of autologous adult mesenchymal stem cells 
from either the individual's bone marrow or fat. Again, the the uh, the FDA is very strict and appropriately so, and it is illegal for doctors in the United States to manipulate stem cells or to culture stem cells. That apparently is done outside of the United States where the uh, regulations are, are, are not as strict, particularly in Germany. If you recall, Alex Rodriguez went to have a PRP that involved some degree of culturing before he had his joints ejected, and his report is that PRP was helpful. Other athletes to have platelet-rich plasma ejection, as we've covered. Tiger Woods, who had knee surgery, also had PRP at the same time. Heinz Ward, receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, underwent a PRP procedure to his knee, and this enabled him to return to the field of play in order to participate in the Super Bowl. So if you think of prolotherapy as injecting a solution or a substance in order to promote inflammation and to essentially recruit growth factors and other immune cells, then you have the beginnings of the understanding of this type of therapy. And and according to Dr. Purita, the future of orthopedic medicine, the future is that we're going to be healing people by injections and not using scalpels. And certainly patients in my practice are very amenable to that idea. And again, there's always going to be a role for surgery for the scalpel. And there is an evolving field of regenerative medicine. And my job as your host, and hopefully also in order to entertain and enlighten at the same time, is to report on these evolving techniques. Also, we also do report on some other individuals, physicians, who are uh, who we believe are misusing some of this technology in fairness and on balance. So at any event, this segment flew by. Stay tuned for the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc and In Absentia Spencer the Wizard. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossiger, and I'm a board-certified neurologist and pain practitioner in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. I, along with four other physicians, am available to treat you for your pain, whether it be headaches, neck pain, or orthopedic pain. We try to heal using a collaboration of physical therapy medications and traditional medical techniques, and we also involve a host of what could be considered alternative practitioners. We collaborate with acupuncturists, massage therapists, chiropractors, and we believe that treating the body as a whole is better than trying to isolate certain body body systems and eliminating others. Today's show deals with the evolving field of regenerative medicine and prolotherapy. want to give accolades to Dr. Mark Johnson, MD. He's the new Journal of Prolotherapy Editor-in-Chief, a very impressive and articulate speaker. That, no- that noise you just heard, the banging, was my 23-pound cat, Beastly, barging into our studio and breaking through a very solid cherry door. That was very impressive, Beastly. Welcome to the show. Notice he's very silent. Sorry for the divergence. Dr. Johnson received his undergraduate degree from Emory University and is a classically trained urological surgeon. Six years ago, he left surgical practice to practice prolotherapy full-time. I had the pleasure of attending a lecture by Dr. Johnson, and I'll report that to you now. Dr. Johnson teaches that prolotherapy as an important clinical tool, therefore injections of various materials, whether they be hypertonic, sugar solutions, whether it be platelet-rich plasma or derivations of fat or bone marrow. According to Dr. Johnson, this is a missing link in medicine. 
So he believes there's a disease process right under our nose that is poorly understood by the medical community at large. And thanks to observations of him successfully treating thousands of painful joints with prolotherapy, he believes that he has a fairly clear understanding of the disease process. He believes that the majority of musculoskeletal problems, which are treated by a host of specialists, including neurologists like myself, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, chiropractors, and pain clinic physicians, actually deal with what he would call CTDS, connective tissue damage syndrome. And this has to deal with various ligaments and tendons. And just by way of teaching, the tendons connect muscles to bone and ligaments connect bones to bone. So according to Dr. Mark Johnson, the scenarios involve real people who have been successfully treated by Dr. Johnson. And he outlines his basis for treatment, his techniques, and also his theories of using prolotherapy in treating pain and in also, in also improving the function of orthopedic structures, including joints, ligaments, and tendons. Until the 1950s, ligaments were believed to be a significant source of bodily pain. And the reason was, anatomically, there's a very high nerve density in ligaments and tendons. Therefore, damage to these structures would be expected to cause significant symptoms and pain. So, the theory of ligaments being associated with joint pain seemed to wane in the 1950s. And this seemed to dovetail with the emergence of some of our imaging techniques. And as we moved into the more recent decades, the enlightenment or the over-preoccupation with MRI and CAT scan, according to Dr. Johnson, really gave rise to uh, waning, basically going back to the dark ages, not using clinical medicine, not actually palpating the structures. And Dr. Johnson in his lecture explained how many of the patients who come to his clinic in Tennessee literally have never really been fully examined by a doctor. They would sit at a desk, look at MRIs, never actually palpate for tender points, range of motion, checking weakness and neurological examination features. And so Dr. Johnson, certainly I join him in saying the any tests in medicine, MRIs, EFGs, anything, have to logically extend from the clinical exam. And Dr. Johnson, I would say, is, is, is brilliant and also somewhat of a maverick and that he has not ordered an imaging study in six years. He has not ordered or reviewed any x-rays, MRIs, or CAT scans and bases his treatment on a very careful clinical examination and using prolotherapy as the cornerstone. So if we use the analogy that ligaments, which connect bone to bone, they function like steel cables. So let's say there are small breaks or fraying of the ligaments. This will physically place more pressure on the rest of the ligament, stretching it, and also stretching the nerves within the fibers. This causes 
both localized pain, which means pain at the site, and also referred pain elsewhere. So a doctor must not be confused by a referred pain network and must be tuned into the stretchiness in the nerve supply in the ligaments and tendons. So, Doc Johnson would say, let's look at a common malady, tennis elbow, otherwise known as lateral epicondylitis. It was called tendonitis or tendon inflammation. And biopsy structures showed that there were there was no inflammation within the tendon itself. So then tendonitis became tendinosis. And this became a term for a degenerative or degenerating tendon, one which is aging. So, Doc Johnson reports on the different types of presentations of connective tissue damage, that is damage to ligaments and tendons. So there's pain with use of a structure. There's pain continuously with progression of damage. We would call that the overuse syndrome. Certainly that mechanism holds with many injuries to the different structures, the hands, the elbows, the knees, and the spinal structures. And how does it present? Tension, spasm, weakness, trigger points. Also, neurological symptoms, aching, numbness, tingling, pins and needles. Also, something called RSD, which involves the uh, deranged autonomic nervous system, and also some of the reported changes that we've all seen as pain doctors with weather changes and stress-sensitive symptoms. So again, we're reporting of the findings of Dr. Mark Johnson from Tennessee in his presentation to the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine, and this was a 2012 conference held in Naples, Florida. The ligament referral systems were mapped out by Dr. George Hackett and published in the 1950s. These referral patterns, which are very detailed and can be seen in diagrams, suggest that these referred symptoms are almost always misattributed to nerve compression. And certainly as neurologists, we see patients that have problems with the low back and hip ligaments and who have normal MRIs, normal EMGs, but yet they have an elusive, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a large amount of these people out there who have problems with the connective tissues, the ligaments and tendons. Dr. Johnson believes that most knee problems are due to ligament damage and laxity. Laxity means loose in the sense that these tendons and ligaments degenerate over time and become dysfunctional. Usually, damage to the meniscus is preceded by laxity of the ACL. In Dr. Johnson, Dr. Mark Johnson believes that the most important physical test is for the doctor to do something we call a drawer sign. That's like the drawer that you slide out in your furniture, and that involves actually um, having the patient sit and 
to actually see if there is a sliding forward of the knee with careful palpation. And this laxity, which means looseness of the ACL, can be treated by prolotherapy injections. So, Dr. Johnson primarily uses dextrose as his go-to injection. And that is a, uh, a fairly benign substance. I think we all agree with that. And he usually mixes uh, some local anesthetic in with his dextrose and injects the precise points where he believes there's wear and tear, wear and tear, and where there's damage to ligaments and tendons. So this is um, certainly exciting. We'll be reporting intermittently with respect to prolotherapy and some of the research that will be evolving. And what we really need in the field of prolotherapy and regenerative medicine is good research. We need prospective studies. We need well-controlled studies. And we need accurate reporting. So today really flew by. I wanted to thank my co-host, Dr. Spencer Grossinger, for his contributions in the first part of the show with respect to NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and MLB. And we also want to give a shout-out to Dr. Mark Johnson, the new director of the Journal of Prolotherapy. And we want to thank all the fine doctors, including Dr. Chris Davis and Dr. Brian Scheipel, two leaders in the field of prolotherapy who practice right in Springfield, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw away from your humble host. This has been Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc, with Spencer the Wizard, signing off, and have a great week. We'll speak to you next week on Voice America Sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.